Hello, and welcome to the official or unofficial holistic podcast. This is Stephanie, and I just wanted to share some thoughts for today. And sometimes it's just nicer to take a break from the keyboard. And also, if you hear my voice, it can sometimes give an additional context to what I'm saying. I'm going to be bringing up a subject that might be a little touchy for some. And so by using audio instead of just writing it out, I'm hoping that it softens it a little bit. Because if I if I just write this, I could maybe come off a little bit, well, uh, guns a-blazing, as it were. <laughs> and I don't really want to create more unnecessary division, which is really the point of what I have to say. So the idea for my bringing up this topic actually comes from an article that I read last week. And in this article, the author, who is one of the people who does not believe that viruses are real, separated out the anti-mandate movement into two sides. And he labeled the one side the conservative team and the other side, i.e. the people who don't believe that viruses are real, as the freedom team. And of course, he called out people like Dr. Robert Malone, etc., who actually buy into, as they might say, this idea that viruses are real. And then made it out like, well, it's only the people who don't think that viruses are real who are actually the real freedom fighters. And I made a comment there and I, I was just... Well, let me just say what I think about all this. Look, if you don't think viruses are real, that's your prerogative. I don't have a problem with you coming to my posts and sharing that perspective if you do so somewhat intelligently and kindly. However, what I'm noticing, and it's not necessarily just the viruses aren't real people. It's it's a certain a certain segment of the people who we might put into the conspiracy basket of the world. And I'm not against the idea of conspiracy theories. I think that, that a lot of times the establishment uses that terminology to get people to just shut their brains off and not listen to theories about what might actually be going on. But I, I like the term that Russell Brand used recently, which is conspiracy analyst. <laughs> so, so as a conspiracy analyst who has read a lot of conspiracy forums over the years just to see what people are thinking. I don't necessarily agree with everything that's being said. I certainly don't agree with nonsense such as the flat earth theory. And to me, some of the people that are putting that stuff out might be very, very sincere. And they might even have good reasons for believing that or talking about it. But the problem is, is that I think there are people who are simply trolls and shills who are there to derail everything. And you can't tell sometimes who is which. So what I am concerned about is that there is a small but vocal minority of people who seem to be more interested in tearing down people like Dr. Robert Malone uh, because they believe in viruses than actually going after uh, Pfizer and Fauci and the government and the, and the real establishment. So you'll see, and I just saw an article on a website, I think it's called Truth Bits, where they had, uh, they went after Dell Bigtree. And so the whole article was Dell Bigtree exposed. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Look, he wears purple shirts and he happens to know people from Hollywood. Well, duh, Dell Bigtree was a Hollywood producer, which is why his shows are so slickly produced because that's his background. It doesn't mean that he's a bad dude. Now, the purple shirt thing has to do with the idea that purple 
is a color that is worn by people like Hillary Clinton to signify a color revolution. It's supposed to be, I don't, I don't know the full story behind it, but I, did, I do know there's supposed to be some symbolism behind the color purple. Yes, yes, yes. But that doesn't mean that just because somebody wears purple that they are signifying that they're an elite Illuminati person who is trying to foment a cover, color revolution. So, you know, the, the problem with this is that Del Bigtree, who has been trying to advocate for safe vaccines, has been doing a lot of important work. And by going after Del Bigtree instead of going after Anthony Fauci or the like, uh, it's basically a form of sabotage. And you can say, well, I think Del Bigtree's wrong because he wants safe vaccines and all vaccines are bad and we need to stop all vaccines. Well, you know what? You're still causing more problems than you're solving by focusing on him instead of the medical industrial complex. Why, why, why would you waste time and energy and infighting to go after someone like Del Bigtree or Robert Malone instead of exposing Pfizer or Moderna or whoever's behind the gain of function research? See, this is where I start to wonder whether some of these people are either being paid to do this so that they are, they are literally shills and they're out to try to disrupt the anti-mandate movement, or if they're just people who are so um, caught up in self-sabotage, probably personally as well as publicly, that they, they, they literally cannot see that everything that they're doing is, is simply not helping and it's making things worse. And the self-sabotage thing is, uh, there's a psychological component to it. You could also say that there may be a spiritual component to it. So the in the and I'm not a I'm not a holy roller as it were, but I do think that some of the uh, Christian uh, healers out there who worked specifically with um, well I'm just going to go straight I'm going to wade into the crazy now so pardon me but but they talk about uh, spirits a lot and one of the things that they might say is there's a spirit of deception or a, they they often talk about spirit of Jezebel. Uh, or uh, spirit of sabotage, as it were. And so whether you believe these are literally demonic energies or they are archetypal, archetypal energies or um, in a new age fashion, you might look at it as kind of like a negative energy or a negative energetic matrix that somebody's in. I am calling this out. There is a spirit of sabotage going on. And some of you listening to this, you're going to say, well, Stephanie, you believe in big, I don't believe in big pharma, but I think that we need safer vaccines. I'm not about banning all vaccines. I don't think that's a feasible or realistic goal at this point. I don't think it's going to happen in our lifetimes. So you're tilting at windmills if that's what you're trying to do. I think it's reasonable and a totally doable goal to try to create more, uh, uh, transparency around vaccines and to advocate for vaccine choice instead of vaccine mandates and vaccine passports. So my goal is more transparency, safer vaccines, vaccine choice, and a focus on safe early treatments or even safe late stage treatments. I am not here to try to ban all vaccines. I don't think that's realistic. 
I also don't think it's realistic to try to convince the world that viruses aren't real. I think that's also tilting at windmills. I think that is basically a waste of time and energy and you're getting nowhere. Now I'm going to just do a side trip on that a little bit. Sorry, I didn't. I don't have an outline for what I wanted to say, but I just have a general thing I wanted to say about all of this. Some of the people who are saying viruses aren't real will point and say, well, look, these two people in front of me got exposed to the virus and person A got the virus and, or they don't think the virus exists, but person A got sick and person B didn't get sick. Therefore, viruses aren't real. This is not logical, okay? Just because not, not everybody gets sick when they're exposed to a virus doesn't mean a virus isn't real or does not exist independently. What that means is that the person who got sick has a greater vulnerability for whatever the reason. That's all that it means. It doesn't mean that the virus isn't real. Now, I am an Ayurvedic practitioner. I've studied Ayurveda, which has been around for thousands of thousands of years. It's the oldest medical system that is still being used on the planet. And Ayurveda back in ancient times recognized that there were external influences. There's actually a name for it in Sanskrit, which I won't, uh, actually, I'm not sure if I remember it properly, but they do uh, know, and they knew back in ancient times that there were things from the outside that made people sick. And by, by the outside, I don't just mean wind and temperature changes. They knew that there were outside things that made you sick. And they uh, also knew about parasites. Um, there's a term creamy uh, in Sanskrit, which uh, is about you know parasites, but also can potentially apply to germs and infections. So they had specific protocols for dealing with this. And this was way before any sort of modern medicine or big pharma or whatever. And there was no agenda among ancient Ayurvedic practitioners to try to control people through some sort of uh, viral germ theory. And that's one of the reasons why people are against viral germ theory. They go, well, look, Somebody came up with germ theory and then they used it to control people. Therefore, germs aren't real. Well, you know what? Maybe germs are real and somebody decided to to use that or leverage it or exploit that for control. It still doesn't mean that germs aren't real. The two don't necessarily, one doesn't equal the other. So to me, this whole thing isn't very logical. Uh, I know it can be kind of like a satisfying thing to think like I'm beyond germs. I, I'm so... Uh, healthy and in control of myself. I couldn't possibly be vulnerable to some sort of outside force. I I think there's some sort of psychological element to it of not wanting to feel vulnerable to a potential wild card that's out there. But anyway, so if you, but if you still think that germs aren't real and viruses aren't real and you want to have an intelligent debate about it and, and you're not just using that as a reason to beat somebody over the head and say that they're a shill or beholden to big pharma or on the side of Satan, that's fine. I don't have a problem with having conversations about it. And I am certainly open to having conversations about why people really get sick because it isn't just the virus that makes people sick. It's a whole host of things. It's the virus and it's the person's overall health and it's their diet and it's their lifestyle and it's their emotional states and it's their spiritual states and if you really want to get woo-woo in there, there may also be a uh, spiritual attack component sometimes when people get sick. I've been told that with myself by people in completely different spiritual uh, traditions. Both Christian and Sufi told me that I've been spiritually attacked. And that's one of the reasons why I have health problems. <laughs> okay. They sound crazy. I'm just reporting 
what the people told me. So there's all sorts of reasons why you get sick. But that said, just because I might be having some issues with some sort of gin attacking me doesn't mean that there isn't also some actual bacteria or mold, which is part of the thing going on in my case, that's also causing the problem. So anyway, all that said, so here's, here's the thing. We have some disagreements on some basic fundamental philosophical issues, i.e. our virus is real and is there anything of value that comes out of big pharma? Because I certainly know that there are some people who don't want to touch any sort of modern medicine, period, end of story, you know, and I can respect that. I went for like almost 30 years. Let's see, by the time I was like, no, it wasn't 30 years, maybe 25 years where I, I maybe went to a doctor a couple times and I was so disillusioned with modern medicine because they weren't helping me. So I completely went into alternative healing. I learned Reiki. I studied pranic healing. I studied Qigong. I studied all these other things because I wasn't getting the answers that I needed from Western medicine. And despite doing almost everything right and teaching yoga and doing Qigong and not eating a bunch of crap, and I never had like cookies and junk food at my in my home, despite doing all of that, I still ended up getting like very, very sick, which in retrospect, I think had quite a bit to do with some mold exposure, but that's another story. So um, I can respect not wanting to use Western drugs. I try to avoid them if I can. However, when you have certain conditions, they might be a better solution for a variety of reasons. And so my approach is integrative. My approach is if we can do this with herbs and lifestyle and diet and energy healing, let's do it that way. But if we still need some help from modern medicine, let's get that help. And to me, that's a reasonable position and it's not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So that's what I would encourage. Unfortunately, when we are dealing with these very emotional subjects, people can get almost fundamentalist about it. And I don't believe in fundamentalism in any form. I believe fundamentalism, not religion, not necessarily politics per se, but fundamentalism, which is basically a type of authoritarianism or totalitarianism. Uh, this is one of the biggest problems that's on the planet that we've had historically. It is behind a lot of our wars. It is behind the division now. It is behind society being a not so fun place to be. And fundamentalism, I would define as you have a belief that is so strong that you see anybody who doesn't believe what you believe as being some sort of enemy on some level. And the belief is also something where it's very black and white. So rather than having some room for wiggle, so, so my room for wiggle is I'll say, hey, let's try herbs first, but if the herbs don't work, maybe we need to try some antibiotics. The fundamentalist would say, no, you should never use antibiotics. I don't care how sick you are. You could be uh, having a 107 degree fever and in ICU and we're still not going to do antibiotics. That's the fundamentalist approach. And I think the fundamentalist approach in many ways is self-sabotaging, but it's also very divisive. So fundamentalism shows up also uh, in many ways. So it's showing up in terms of the vaccine mandates. That's fundamentalism. Vaccine is the only answer is a form of fundamentalism. Uh, cancel culture is fundamentalism. And it's one of the reasons I have a big problem with it. Now, Whoopi Goldberg is now on the chopping block. And and to me, I, I, I didn't see the actual clip of what she said, but I have read some of what her comments were. 
And basically the issue is that she sees uh, um, Jews as being an ethnicity as opposed to a race because she looks at them and she sees white people. And because she doesn't doesn't see Jews as a separate race and made a comment to, the, to this effect in relation to the Holocaust, people got really upset with her and freaked out. And then I think the latest is at ABC. I'm not sure if it was ABC, but they had to put her on leave for two weeks. And, and to me, this is just crazy and ridiculous. Like, like that there's this sacred cow that we have that you have to have these certain beliefs about certain things. And if you veer off of it in any way, shape or form, and both sides do this or all sides can do this, then you're persona non grata, you're an enemy and we have to punish you. And it's just, it's just crazy to me. So I, I only hope that by experiencing this, Whoopi will be a little bit more in favor of free speech. And I think she's kind of unfortunately been a bit more on the side of censorship in the past. And I hope this wakes her up a little bit because I always liked her, um, at least as an actress. She was, she always just had this nice energy that I liked. And then she gets on the view and spouts her mouth off and then ends up upsetting a lot of people. Um, I'm not going to hold that against her per se, but this type of fundamentalism that we have going on is so destructive on so many levels. And so what I see happening is that we have a lot of positive things going on uh, with the um, anti-mandate movement. The, the trucker convoy in Canada has been amazing. It's been very inspiring. And now they're trying to organize a convoy here in the United States. And already we're seeing division because originally they were talking about going to, to D.C. And then some organizers had an idea that they would go to the Super Bowl and maybe then go to D.C. And then some people are saying, well, let's not go to D.C. It's a trap. And then some people are saying, well, let's uh, not go to the Super Bowl. Screw the uh, the Super Bowl. You know, and, and so now there's already infighting. And we're kind of getting sidetracked from the whole goal, which is we want to not be forced to take medical uh, procedures that we don't feel are right for us. The way we get there, we might have a bunch of different strategies, but we need to try to come together and find the commonalities so that we can be a more united front against the forces that want to force injections into our arms. So if you're busy trying to call out Robert Malone or me because God forbid we said vaccines might be might be better off if they were safer and that we want more transparency, but we're not asking for vaccines to be totally banned. If you're if you're busy fighting the people that actually are on your side, you are making things worse in a way. So some of some of the people doing this, I would say straight up are just shills. And some of the people doing this are just uh, ideologues and zealots. And they're so caught up in their cause that they rather than focusing on the important targets, the important target is not Dr. Malone. The important target is Dr. Fauci in particular, because he's really the face of all this. But it's also the government's politicians who are pushing this. And when I say target, I don't mean violent target. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm for peace. We can do this peacefully. I just want to make that clear. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just read that Hershey, Hershey's chocolate fired a bunch of remote workers and because they wouldn't take the vaccine and the HR people ran these people through a ridiculous interrogation 
before denying their religious exemptions. So those little little HR Hitlers that are doing that, that those are the people we need to be calling out. Those are the people, and we know, I know when I say calling out, I don't mean we should be doxing them or causing violence against them, but we need to be talking about ways to reform the HR departments at the companies that are now being abused to probably push personal agendas of the the people who are running the HR teams because really that's that those are the people that are enabling the mandates. So how do we do that? How can we do that? Well, we can we can boycott Hershey. We can write letters to Hershey. We could do a demonstration where we're burning. I mean, I don't want to burn candy bars because it's like turning a bunch of burning books. But you know what I'm saying? Like we could we could have some sort of demonstration against Hershey and try to put some pressure on them to not fire people, particularly remote office workers and not even in the office. Uh, it's it's just silly. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of different fronts that we could we could fight on. But we also need to make sure that we're fighting the right fronts and not just fighting internally. So once again, if you go and read a website and they're spending way too much energy attacking Dell Bigtree or attacking Robert Malone, uh, either that is true, just plain old true controlled opposition, or those are people who have gotten caught up in a fundamentalist mindset and it's basically sabotaging the movement and it's sabotaging themselves. So you might politely say to them, hey, why don't you focus on what's really important here? Uh, Robert Malone is not trying to force anybody to be vaccinated. He's not trying to force kids to wear masks. He just wrote an article explaining exactly why he doesn't think kids should be wearing masks. Why are you fighting him? This is this is just it's just silly. So anyway, that's what I wanted to say. Um, It might not be as articulate as I was I was hoping to say. But, um, you know, I've just seen this for years. These these people who are in these, uh, you know, online forums and stuff. And there's just there's just so much. if, If you ever get into a spot where you're like, that person has to think exactly like me or I'm going to disown them because you have some sort of ideological purity test that you live your life by, I think you need to do some self soul searching and figure out why you're trying to be a little tyrant in your own world. Because that's what it is. It's it's that same impulse. You're just a mirror for Fauci when you're being like that. Really, it is that same totalitarian impulse that you're just trying to play out on a small scale and it's not helpful. So you know, how do you get over that? I would suggest you start doing some meditation <laughs> or maybe find Jesus or something because because it's it's just, it's not helping. All right. Uh, oh, and one more thing. I did want to say one more thing. Apparently there's, a, some people have an issue with the Epoch Times. I just, I just found that this out. Like, what is your issue with the Epoch Times? They are basically a, um, a group there. I think they're associated with the Falun Gong or the Falun Dafa, which uh, the Chinese government will say it's a cult and maybe they are a bit of a cult, but you know what? They're a cult that teaches Qigong for free around the world. And Qigong is a very beautiful practice that you should also be doing. If you are caught up in a totalitarian mindset, maybe you should try some Qigong. So I think some people are pissed off because when they go to the Epoch Times website, they're asking people to log in or they're trying to get some people to subscribe. Well, you know what? They've got expenses and maybe they're under a lot of pressure because quite a few of their journalists and people are being, you know, I mean, they have literally people who've been oppressed by the Chinese government. And that's a pretty big 
uh, battle that they're fighting. So I, I, you know, once again, if this is an ideological purity test with them, I'm, I'm just not interested. Stop fighting Epoch Times. Start fighting the CCP. CCP is not your friend. Epoch Times is, and you need to get focused on the real targets here. When I say targets, once again, peaceful targets. We're advocating for peaceful, nonviolent resistance, right? Okay, I hope that was helpful in some way. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get shit about it. Pardon my French, but whatever. Love you all. Alrighty, take care.